Hear the music. I see dead people. Inconceivable! Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. I drink your milkshake! Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chris on Movies. I am so excited because um, I have been trying to get some of these great people on as guests and talk about some of their favorite movies. It's just a simple, easy concept. Who doesn't like talking about their favorite movies? And we got him. I have been trying to get Hal Rudnick on ever since I started podcasting. Gosh, I don't know how long ago, 2015. Um, And we got him. And I am so excited because if you watch Screen Junkies, you know him, Hal Rudnick. Uh, he he is just a, a hilarious comedian, host of Movie Fights, host of the Screen Junkies show, and we got him on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hal Rudnick. How you doing, man? I'm real good, Chris. If you hear any barking, though, my I got my dog right here. Millie is on my lap, so... <laughs> No worries. Uh, uh, got just uh, keeping her company, but uh, yeah, I'm real good. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it. Of course, man. I'm I'm so excited to have you on. We are having Dan Merle in a couple weeks, um, yeah, and reaching out to some of the other SJ alums and 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 trying to to get a bunch of fun people back on the show. Um, but we have you. You are the first returning SJ person. Well, not returning since your first time, but in the uh, the realm of Screen Junkie guys. You are the first, so we are ecstatic to have you on. But damn glad to be here. We are we are going to be talking about a movie and a particular movie, and I'm excited because I don't know what you're going to say. So, Hal Rudnick, what is your favorite movie? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard choice. It's a difficult decision to narrow it down to one, Chris. But there's one I always come back to. It's a movie I love. It's uh, I just feel like it's it's layered. It's got a had a big impact on me, and I'll just blurt it out right now. It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That might be the furthest movie I expected you to actually say. <laughs> but at the same time, when I think about it, all the times that you've brought that up in your appearances on movie fights, uh, it kind of makes sense. Right on. Yeah. So I mean, saw it when I was a kid, and uh, it just. It, it really struck a chord in me. And I'm not um, like I, I'm not a massive. I mean, I like Pee Wee's Playhouse. And uh, but I uh, but I'm, I'm not like a massive Pee Wee's Playhouse enthusiast who can like cite uh, episode one, season two or anything. But Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I, I feel like it's a very special thing. So Pee Wee's Big Adventure came out in 85. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, at least younger audiences, aren't aware of the director of this movie. Yeah, it's a Tim Burton, which is shocking. <laughs> um, it, on, on first blush, perhaps. But then when you go and look at his body of work, uh, especially the golden years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which are basically most stuff pre planet of the apes uh which planet of the apes it was like oh my goodness it's just you hate <laughs> to see that happen to someone you love uh 
not, not the, when we're talking the Mark Wahlberg planet of the age. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, who are, weren't, aren't quite sure. Uh, but when you look at a movie like this, uh, like uh, Edward Scissorhands, like Beetlejuice, one thing, all and all great movies, but very specific in the creation of unique worlds with kind of their own rules. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is this world where uh, these grown men live like straddling the line of this behaving like a grown-up and behaving like a child type universe. There are like several characters like that in the movie. And they kind of, it's like, he lives by like not uh, just, it's a little bit subversive. He does not like quite living by society's rules of what a grown up should be. And then in uh, Edward Scissorhands, I mean, that's a universe unto its own. It's this kind of dark gothic tale of this uh, boy that was created on t- in a castle on top of a mountain. And then, uh, uh, Beetlejuice, obviously, the, he creates the rules for what happens in the underworld. So it's Burton's unique vision uh, is just imprinted on all of those. And you can keep going. Batman. Oh, how specific is that world uh, that he created? The visual style and the elements that make up uh, Gotham in uh, 89 Batman. Yeah, and I think one that, that also kind of hits uh, to me when you're talking about that is Ed Wood. Yes, uh, that oh. that's my favorite Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Such a great film, great performances throughout. Oh, it's 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 immaculate, and I love the the choice of black and white. Um, but yeah, I, I understand the the especially what you said at first glance. Wow, Tim Burton did Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but then when you actually watch it, it's like, well, yeah, he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And. and- Go ahead. Yeah, and Pee-wee, like, he's a weird character because he's not hes not quite a children's character and he's not quite an adult's character. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, uh, it, it straddles the line in its appeal um, because, oh, he seems like a kooky, wacky, living cartoon character almost. But then it's... Some of the humor, it's just like it's dark and subversive and there are moments that are scary and it just taps into – it very much taps into, I think, uh, bringing in your inner child to life. Now, this, the movie came out in 85, which is actually the year I was born. Oh, wow. And so I did see it as a child, but you know, mm-hmm. obviously many years after it came out. And I actually did enjoy Pee-wee's Playhouse. I had a – I mean, look on looking back on it now, it's really creepy. A Pee-wee uh, ventriloquist doll. Yes. Do you remember that? Was it the one where you pulled the string? And yes. He, uh, yeah. And he, ha ha. Yes. <laughs> I know you are. What am I? Yeah. Really, really creepy. Uh, looking back on it now, but Dottie, um... a loner, a rebel. <laughs> so, what was it for you when you saw this movie that that really struck a chord for you? As a child. And, and if you don't mind, how old were you when you saw it? Oh, it's probably 10 or so. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, in, in 85, I was, uh, you know, 10 or 11. It's not afraid to be wild and insane and a 
adorable and sweet and it has a huge heart and it it really it connects with just some of the basic things that any of us want uh as far as uh happiness and childhood and you know what uh peewee with his bike you know it's uh it, it's a classic tale. He want he wants his bike back. It, it's it's almost like uh, it's his version of Rosebud. <laughs> he wants that bike, but it's it's a wild tale. It's adventure. It, it, it's it's got a ton of adventure. It's got it's hilarious. I mean, uh, and uh, Jan Hooks and I forget what the name of the uh, the kid who plays Francis Pee Wee's nemesis is. Uh, I should have that in front of me. I'm but, pulling it up. Oh, thank on. you. Uh, but Mark Holton. Mark Holton. Yes. Oh, Francis is just oh the the ultimate just shitty rival <laughs> from your youth, and it, uh, and again they live by he's this pampered, spoiled uh, little rich boy and Peewee. Well, little rich boy who's a man. And just that, the weirdness. It's not afraid to be so weird. There is something incredibly weird. He has bath time where he plays with toys in this giant tub and he's a grown <laughs> man. I, it's the, the movie's insane and much of it is like a drug trip when Pee Wee like, is having these nightmares running down these hallways. Uh, he picks up an escaped con like there's so much cool, bizarre crap happening, uh, yet he's filled with childlike innocence and whimsy. So it's yeah, it, it really has a tenor all of its own. Um, I mean, he's he's gentle yet he's childish and selfish. It's Man, it's hard to put your finger on the one thing that is that movie, which is very Tim Burton esque. If you if yeah. you think about it too, um, so I, I pulled up just because I'm I'm curious as we talk about it, what the first kind of sighting or uh, performance of Pee Wee Herman for Paul Rubens was. Oh, I could tell you that. Go ahead. Uh, I think. Um, well, I believe he created the character at the Groundlings. Uh, See, I didn't know that. I was I was just looking at feature films or TV or, or anything like that. But that oh, is well, that's even Paul better. Paul Rubens was a member of the comedy troupe The Groundlings, which uh, is responsible. It's kind of this uh, uh, improv and sketch comedy theater that has given us so many great performers: Will Ferrell, uh, Kristen uh, Wiig, Kristen I believe, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph. Even if you go back. Uh, Mr. Miyagi himself, Pat Morita, really? was uh, um, one of the groundlings. And, and, and I think even uh, maybe Ken Knapsack. Oh, yes. Ken Knapsack <laughs> spent some time over there, as did I. Uh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I was a member of the Groundlings Sunday Company performing over there on a regular basis. Just oh, that's a, awesome. Uh, just a young kid with a head full of dreams. And, uh, but... Pee-wee was created over there, and then if you look at who the uh, film was written by, uh, one of the uh, co-writers, Phil Hartman, wow. the great, 
the late, great Phil Hartman, who uh, one of the great SNL performers, probably the most underrated SNL performer of all time, because Phil Hartman, uh, that guy, he could he could play the outlandish over the top character that will drive a sketch or better that the one thing that made him better than anyone in the history of SNL. The one skill that he was the best at was being a straight man, oh, being man. the voice of reason who just grounds your sketch and just makes the comedy sing, makes the comedy jump to the next level because you have this guy whose reaction, he's like a conduit for what the audience is feeling. And so Phil Hartman, who was also a groundling, I didn't even realize this until I just looked this up, <laughs> but it makes total sense. Phil Hartman, oh, uh, man. a co-writer, along with someone I'm not uh, um, I have, I hadn't heard of before named Michael Varhall. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. So uh, if we yeah. can sidebar for a second, Phil yes, Hartman, uh, I totally agree. One of the best straight men ever. Some of his, you know, even, even if you just watch his DVD of the best of Phil Hartman, you know, yes. after he passed, just the little, even the little clips you get, like him being Ronald Reagan, you oh, know, yeah. and cutting to the, the screaming and yelling and, oh, okay, you know, it's... It's Nancy. <laughs> I think one of my favorites and probably most quoted in my life is where he's kind of like a PBS science host of a show. Yeah. Do you remember that? And um... He, um, I'm not certain. I'm trying. What, to, what happened? He, there, there's the one in particular is he's interviewing John Lovitz, who's supposed to be like a, uh, a scientist and proprietor of this exhibit of some some sort. And so every display that he's showing Phil Hartman, you know, he's like, "This is a molecule," and you know, Phil Hartman, well, this isn't actually a molecule, though, right? And he's like, "No, it's a model." And Phil Hartman just subtly, so you were wrong. And, ah, yes, yes, that does. That sounds very familiar. And then his his just follow up. All right, just that's it. The the subtle nuance of his comedy, outstanding. Absolutely, one of my favorites. This one, this is broad, but it's just like it's so. It's one of the weirder SNL sketches. Uh, <laughs> unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yes. Oh, if if hey, if you're if you're out there listening to this and you you haven't seen Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Well, well, first, if you haven't watched, if you haven't seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, all right, there's that's a whole other problem. But um, if you haven't seen Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, uh, just three minutes, look that thing up. It's great. <laughs> oh, uh, without a doubt, and and him <laughs> as Charlton Heston recording yes. recording the narration for Madonna's book. Oh yeah, <laughs> so good, classic. Yeah, so, uh, Phil Hartman, one of the greats. So Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I, I was not aware that the Groundlings was kind of the first introduction of the character, but I, I was surprised as well to see that uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie was the first theatrical introduction that we got. Oh, okay. I was not aware of that. Uh, at least according to IMDb, Paul Rubens was in, in that movie as Pee-wee Herman. Crazy. Um, you know what? I'll have to, I'll have to look for that. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, uh, light up a spliff and put on Cheech and Chong and, <laughs> and see, uh, the first appearance of Pee Wee, uh, Pee Wee Herman. So, and then it looks like there's the Pee Wee Herman show, which is also, um, parenthetical TV movie in 81. 
Uh-huh. And then we get Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 85. And then we, we have Big Top Pee-wee, et cetera. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. And if I, it's a, a little bit more about what, what I love about this movie. Uh, I mean, I'm just talking about blurring the lines between uh, how a grown up should behave. I mean, I, uh, I feel like I do that in my life being in comedy and writing. I love to write and perform and do characters. And one of the things like a recipe for comedy is, uh, okay, what is sort of the inappropriate thing to do <laughs> in a situation? That's what, okay, let's do that. So the way Pee Wee Herman is behaving, he's like, he's, he's a clown. Uh, he's a misfit. He, he doesn't fit in yet. He does fit in. He's, he's a grown person who uh, is responsible, but then he's so childlike and bizarre. And it reminds me a little bit of when I first moved to, this is a dirty secret. Uh, (laughs) When I first moved to uh, Los Angeles, I was doing kids' birthday parties as an entertainer. And one of, so like blowing up balloons and painting kids' faces and stuff. And uh, it was, it was a little bit grueling. You'd be in a costume and trying to keep these kids' attention, and they're a tough audience. But one of my favorite things to be at these parties uh, that I discovered was to be a clown because hmm. a clown has no rules. A clown could steal the like a grown-up's hat and run around with it and be a I, a clown can act like a real jackass and it's like guess what dude I'm a clown that's what <laughs> I'm supposed to do sorry bro and there's something about being a clown that really appealed to me and the, I see the same thing in Pee Wee the rules the regular rules of like well. When you when you're an adult, you have to get rid of your toys and you have to stop having fun. Uh, And that's not Pee Wee. And like there's a scene when uh, he goes to uh, the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica to a magic shop and where he buys uh, several uh, little trinkets and uh, props that he uses later in the movie that come back. Uh, And when I was a kid. My favorite thing to do was to go to the magic shop. I loved just all the weird stuff. And the magic shop that I would go to, they had all these Halloween masks on the wall that were frightening, but I was fascinated by them. I loved the monster masks. So I don't know. I just felt like this connection and kinship with this movie. So let me ask you, for for me, seeing Pee-wee... And the absurdness that you were just talking about, there's, there's, I'm a massive Weird Al fan. Yes! Weird Al Yankovic has been a hero. I just got to see the Strings Attached tour. Oh, uh, I, I missed it when it was out here. Oh, I was so good. To, uh, do you know Jonah Ray? I don't. Jonah Ray is a comedian and he hosts uh, the new Mystery Science Theater. Oh, okay. Yep. Netflix. He put out his own cover album of weird al songs oh my just as a labor of love because he was a weird al fan and he's like damn it i'm gonna do it but oh well chris just uh, i i i'm i'm uh i'm totally jealous that you saw the no strings attached door i've seen weird al like uh three times in my life 
and I oh I love him. Please um, continue. Well, my my dad's taken me to see him pretty much every time he's come to Phoenix, with, oh. with the exception of just a few. And so he was coming. And I'm like, Dad, we're going, and it's going to be awesome. Great seats, really cool having the orchestra, and some of the throwback songs he did like Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. So some of those a, a little more. You know, it wasn't like the. Um, what was it? What did he call it? The ridiculously self-indulgent tour where he didn't do any parodies, just originals. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it wasn't that, you know, like super nerd fan, but there mm-hmm. were, there were a few throwbacks, but it, what I'm getting at is Peewee reminds me of that, um, that show on his, on Weird Al's movie UHF. Yes. That Michael Richards hosted. Stanley Spadowski's Playhouse. Yes. <laughs> and the fire hose moment with the kid. Just, oh, dude. If, 100%. If, if I could have 100%. a combo sketch show with with Paul Rubens as Pee Wee and Michael Richards as Stanley, I that would be the ultimate. I, I would disavow every other comedic show and just watch that. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um I mean, th- those th- those characters just insanely funny, just on living living in their like kind of their own reality. One more I'll throw into that mix, the, like the different but a similar vibe is uh, Steve Martin's The Jerk. Oh man, love that one uh, too. <laughs> also, a movie I love, near and dear to me. Uh, kind of a just a man child. <laughs> Who is? Oh, and you know what? If we all right, if we keep going, all right, Chris. Right now, you and I we're making the definitive list of man-child movies. <laughs> so, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. There's the Jerk, Step Brothers. Oh yes, God adds Step Brothers <laughs> to that. Um, I, I guess we can pull. Uh, you know, uh, w- would we count UHF just with Stanley Spadowski? Oh man! You know what? See, honorable mention. Okay, honorable. I like that. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm trying right, to think our of other. List is three long for now. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe, maybe later I'll tweet this out, and I'll uh, I'll tag you, and I'll be like, okay, starting the list of definitive man-child movies. Billy Madison. Just start a thread. W- would Billy Madison make that cut? Oh yeah, I think Billy Madison's got to make that his own thing. Yep. Uh, grandma's boy grandma's boy yep uh i, I just googled <laughs> man child oh, okay. movies <laughs> big is being touted as the number one. Oh yeah but i, I think mean, that's a literal definition of literal literally yeah so let me let me ask you one more question here you are as a as a comedian Yes. How much of your comedy, uh, maybe especially with like improv stuff, uh, has been fueled by Pee Wee, the character, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Well, I do a character that um, I had a brief stint um, fleeting on America's Got Talent with a character I've been doing for several years called Eric Jennifer. Eric Jennifer is like this 40-year-old guy who lives at home with his mom, and he does stand-up comedy on the bus and at the laundromat, and uh, he is the good boy of comedy. And on my uh, Instagram, I've been 
Like I, I've been putting up videos where Eric Jennifer reviews movies and then he will just go off on a, like some effed up tangent about his childhood (laughs) because like his mom was the worst homeschooler in the world. Uh, her homeschool would be, uh, teaching him how to, uh, uh, mix mom's favorite drinks. Today I'm going to teach you how to make a Manhattan. (laughs) And, uh, and then uh, how to uh, how to call the uh, how to call the bail bondsman to get his uncle out of jail. Uh, like that was essentially his homeschool. Uh, but uh, yeah, but you can check him out on my Instagram at Hal Rudnick. Everybody, H A L R U D N I C K. Shameless plug, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> oh sorry. no, no, we're we're gonna do that too. <laughs> so <laughs> when you were talking about you know Pee Wee being this over the top kind of not in in dress but a clown kind of getting away with with anything yeah two things well one thing that popped in my head was your time in england for the kingsman oh yeah <laughs> oh dude that was that was that, that was fun that may be one of the most painful because it's awkward like scott's tots awkward oh yeah but hilarious <laughs> at the same time the constant austin powers references yep i think that might be yep. Along with Jewish Elf, one of my favorite screen junkie show sketches. Oh, thanks, man. Yes, uh, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we were talking before. Uh, Jewish Elf is my mom's <laughs> favorite. Uh, she's like, "Oh, when you're not here, I just put on Jewish Elf and I laugh." Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we were we were getting this uh, seminar. It was very dry. You know, no offense to the fine uh, people at this uh, men's haberdashery that does bespoke, that makes this bespoke clothing for, um, for, for members of parliament and maybe even Roger Moore himself, one of the James Bonds. Uh, and, and, it, and, it's, and it served a role in the movie. It, was the, it, it served as the Kingsman uh, 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 haberdashery shop. Uh, the clothing store with the secret compartments and everything. But uh, so we were getting this very dry tutorial about the history of the shop. And it's the kind of footage that like maybe someone will use it as B-roll, but it's like otherwise it's not going to see the light of day. So I'm there. You know, I have one goal to, to, to get the funny, to get something interesting and maybe – if I'm lucky, cause an international incident. <laughs> and I, yeah, instead, so I kept asking questions that were Austin Powers related, <laughs> not Kingsman related, and uh, have nothing to do with the clothes. Uh, I, I asked, uh, yeah, um, if, first I asked if they had ever made a suit for Mr. Austin Powers, and I said, yeah, babe. <laughs> And then I asked uh, if they'd ever made a suit for a fat bastard. Well, that might have been my third question. And the second question was like, have you ever made a suit that cost $1 million? And by the third question, the representative from the studio came up and whispered in my ear, um, would you mind not asking any more Austin questions? <laughs> and I'm like, you got it. And uh, and he was absolutely right. I am an idiot. <laughs> that was that was exactly. Uh, they were they were good sports. 
they were good sports for not sending me straight to Heathrow Airport to <laughs> get on a plane back to the back to the states. So was it all uh, kind of media people in that room during that sequence? Yes, international press. You had people <laughs> from uh, from Germany, Ireland, Asia, uh, Australia. We were there for uh, like two or three days um, to go through several events and moments uh, throughout. Uh, those two or three days, they, they always put you through a bunch of different hoops and uh, 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 they got your day filled with different events uh, that are all related. This was for uh, the release of the, it wasn't even the premiere of the Kingsman. It was for the release of the Kingsman Blu-ray. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, but you know what? The, the, the studios got a lot of money to spend on advertising and 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 press that is for sure so all right so uh one 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 other thing here is yeah as you brought up peewee uh i've got just a mind full of useless crap and i remember and i verified that that it's accurate you referenced peewee's big adventure in an episode almost five years ago on the screen junkies show of the most terrifying movie moments Oh, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I don't remember the other two guys that were on there, but I do know Chris Stuckman was one of the three guests. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a scene in a uh, a semi-truck, right? Yep. Uh, so uh, Pee Wee uh, Herman, he's trying to get cross country because he found out his bike is uh, is headed to Los Angeles, or, or it's at least on a truck headed west. So... Um, he, uh, gets, he, uh, gets a hold of a car and drives to the next convict and, uh, and then he hitches a ride in a semi truck and there's a, there's a very, very, there's a very frightening tale told by this truck driver whose name is Marge, large Marge. And then she tells about the, the, a dark night, just like tonight, and it was years ago, and where there was happened to be the anniversary of a horrific wreck, a horrific car accident involving a semi truck. And when they pulled the body out of the wreck, Large Marge turns to Pee Wee and she says, "the The body looked just like this." And her face explodes, eyes popping out, tongue wagging. Oh, it's insane. And as a kid, not expecting that moment. You talk about a jump scare. It was, oh, and especially this is a movie where, you know, I was 10. You get, it was, this was like marketed towards kids. And this was like, what the, oh my, what? Yeah, it was wild. Which? A wild, wild moment. Love it. Which really helps solidify your uh, take of this movie isn't really for kids, but it's not for adults either. Where does this movie fall into place in terms of the demographic that the studio is going for? I think that's it. And like um, there, uh, a a friend of mine who I do some comedy stuff with, he was like, we were, we were just randomly talking about Pee Wee. uh, And uh, he said to he said to me, oh, yeah, I never watched his show growing up because my, my parents wouldn't let me. They said, oh, no, there's something weird going on with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that was before anything, you know, 
Paul Rubin's personal stuff aside. Sure. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, the movie, it just, it's great because when you, when you're a kid, like I think about the, uh, like the, the book <laughs> and, the, and the weird, uh, like, like just, you, you know what it reminds me of? Like Pee Wee is a little bit like, this is going to sound weird. And it's, I'm, I only just came up with this, so it, it may be uh, it, it may be a terrible analogy. I'm but excited. Uh, Pee Wee Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure is like a Clockwork Orange, but for kids. <laughs> Does that make sense at all? <laughs> that might be the most messed up thought process to to target a movie. <laughs> Like, A Clockwork Orange is a very adult, bizarre, weird movie unto itself with its own rules. Pee-wee Herman, more, it's on the other end of the spectrum. Oh, but, I love it. But, I don't know. It's falling apart as I try to describe it. But, <laughs> this, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it definitely, he is in this weird middle ground. He's like, he's a trickster. He's a pixie. You know what I mean? Oh, this is great. <laughs> like Pee Wee is our inner child come to life. Well, at uh, least yours for sure. <laughs> uh, Chris, that did not. You know, all right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, and, you know, I got to mention, uh, uh, Chris, w- w- what do you say when I ask you the question? When are we going to see the basement? To be honest, it's been too long since I've seen it, so I. No worries, no worries. I'm sorry. I'm on the spot there. I'm, I'm sorry. On the spot. But um, okay. Do you remember? Do you remember um, Jan Hooks from SNL? Do you remember what she did in the movie? Refresh my memory. Okay, she was giving a tour of the Alamo, and Pee Wee. Oh, so this um, this two bit psychic. Uh, made up a bunch of hogwash and told Pee-wee his bike, his precious bike, which was the greatest kind of English racer type bike with all this cool stuff on it, uh, was it was stolen from him and it was taken to the basement of the Alamo. And she told him this. It was all a bunch of, a bunch of hooey. But he believed it and he went on a pilgrimage to go get his bike from the to San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo and um, <coughs> gets there and he goes on a tour of the Alamo and he has to put up with all this smarmy bullshit. And that's another thing. Like, it's just like he, like Pee Wee doesn't have patience uh, for, for nonsense. And like, he's, like his attitude, I, I can really relate to is just like, oh, let's get to it. He's sitting through all like the platitudes and this tour. He doesn't want to be on this tour. He just want to get to the end so he can find his bike. And they come to the end of the tour and he says, when, when are we going to see the basement? And the, the snotty tour guide looks at him and says, there's no basement in the Alamo and everyone starts laughing at him and he feels terrible. (laughs) It's a a great moment. Uh, There's no basement in the Alamo and uh, Jan hooks. uh, I believe she, uh, 
yeah, she passed away a few years ago. She uh, just is amazing as this smarmy tour guide who's got like this fake smile and like her like the same jokes that she tells uh, on every tour. Yeah, so oh, so good. So <laughs> oh, I mean, there's so much I want to just I got to give shout outs to when it comes to Pee Wee. Shout out to uh, um. 80s uh heavy metal band twisted sister who is uh they are filled so they find out peewee's bicycle is being used in a in a christmas movie on like the paramount lot i believe it is and uh as peewee's running through the lot looking for his bike he comes across twisted sister filming a music video uh oh d snyder <laughs> shout out d snyder I do enjoy Twisted Sister. That's oh yeah, we're not going to take sure. it, right? <laughs> See the the boys uh, is it the boys are back, right? Um, the kids are back. Sorry, um, you, you remember that song? No. Oh, watch out! The kids are back. Burn, burn. I won't do that anymore. You know what? I'll uh, jam out to it later, my man. There you go. Uh, do you remember the actor's name? I'm trying to remember. Um, when they. He's he's in the car with him, and then he dresses up like a Pee Wee dresses up like a woman when they get to the police stop. Yes, that's the ex-con. And what is the actor's name? I'm blanking. Oh, and... um, you know, uh, I can uh, crack open the old uh, IMDb. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking as well. Uh, uh, Judd Omen. Oh, yeah. That is great because he's he seems like so dangerous and 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 weird and and but then Peewee, it's it's so bizarre again that like that just the dynamic between them uh, like Peewee has to dress up in drag uh, as a woman to be a husband and wife with this guy to evade the police but. Just how everyone is remarking how adorable he is as a woman. Like, the, the cop says something to him like, hop out of that car and let me see your pretty little outfit. My wife would love something like that. It's just like, he's so, he's such, Pee Wee is such a, a smooth operator, yet so, it's so subversive and unusual. Like, and then the, just the sly little adult nods. Like, the way there's a there's just a fleeting moment and in this quote unquote like is this a kids movie where um peewee is wearing this uh he's dressed in in drag and the and the convict who's driving the car looks over at him and he has to do a double take because peewee looks so good dressed <laughs> as a woman it's it's really you know it's it's from a, a simpler uh, different time uh but it's it's a very funny moment well i haven't revisited uh peewee's big adventure in quite a while but after this conversation i i feel i have to oh and can i tell you one more thing chris absolutely uh so that the, there's a uh, so Pee-wee brings everyone down to uh, his basement in his house to basically <laughs> in, indict the community, indict all of his friends uh, uh, who, who are part of this weird uh, community of misfits he's a part of. 
and uh, he's breaking down all of the evidence about what could have happened to his bike. And he basically has everyone there for like three hours. <laughs> and uh, there's a character who's who's with with someone while Pee Wee's giving this spiel about like his crazy like carry from homeland type connections as to what happened to his bike. And this guy starts whispering to someone and Pee Wee says, do you have something to share with the rest of us? Amazing Larry. And this weird looking dude with a mohawk, like gets scared. And he's like, no, no. And amazing Larry. I met the actor when I was taking my dogs for a walk. He lives in the same neighborhood as me and my wife. He's um, like this eighty some odd year old guy named Lou Cattell, and if you go, and if no you go way. to his IMDb, Lou Cattell, C U T E L L, uh, he has worked with some of the greats. He worked with Mel Brooks um, in uh, oh, wow. I think it was Young Frankenstein, and then just been in so many different things of fame. He was. On an episode, a famous episode of Seinfeld, he played a proctologist whose license plate said "ass man." Yes, he was the ass man from Seinfeld. Ass man, this guy you could tell, and he gave me an autographed oh picture uh, from that moment in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And I'm still—he's a very, a very kind no older way. gentleman. He's in his 80s, and uh, oh, very nice. That's amazing. One of the cool things I'm sure of just living in California, LA. Oh, that yeah, type for of, sure. I mean, where else would that happen? Oh, that's cool. So one one last thing that we do here is as we wrap up, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Hal Rudnick's favorite movie. But before we move to this, uh, just in case people want to yell at oh, you sure. how incorrect or correct the, that you are, uh, wait, where people can people yell at people online? online? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. No, uh, you can no. uh, get at me at Hal Rudnick. It's H A L R U D N I C K, and that works on Twitter and Instagram. They will also be in the show notes, so you can just click, and I'll take you straight to it and uh, watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And let him know what you think. But now, the last part I always put out to uh, my social media: What is your favorite movie? That way I can see what people are saying and I read them out to you and just give me a quick little, you know, thought if you've seen it. If you haven't, we move on. You ready? Oh, yeah. The Game. Oh, with uh, with Michael Douglas and Sean yeah. Penn? Yep. Oh, man, I haven't seen it in years, but it's, that's the – it's. I mean, I like any movie where, the, the, where the, they're playing the most dangerous game, hunting a human being – which the hunt i wanted to see that and it's it's canceled oh yeah release i think is silly but you know i mean yeah it's we live in a we live in a crazy time it's uh it's a very you know reactionary time and uh yeah maybe one day uh that it'll get released because like there have been like if you go back and look at a movie like natural born killers Ooh. or uh well, I mean, there are many other examples, but uh, yeah, there are movies that get everyone clutching their pearls and like, oh no, it's too much. So yeah, well, what can you do? Okay. <laughs> I, I still do want to see it, but yeah, yeah, I get you. Uh, all right. There will be blood. 
Oh man, uh, a masterpiece. And yeah, there will be blood. It lo- it lost. It was nominated the same year as No Country for Old Men, right? Yeah, and I'm on the no- I'm on the uh, there will be blood side for that one. You know what? I mean, that is a true Sophie's choice. Uh, like, but there will be blood as a masterpiece. I need to see it again. But one of the great performances, uh, Daniel Day Lewis and um, oh uh, Paul uh, uh, Dano. Paul Dano, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is so great in that. I love Paul Dano. Um, Underrated. I liked him in, yeah, I liked him in that uh, the Brian Wilson story, that Beach Boys movie. Love and or, Mercy, yeah. Oh, uh, Mercy, or Lord, oh, Mer- what's it called, Mercy? Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy, yes. Chris, good poll. Oh, yeah, um, man, I just watched it again not too long ago. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I really, I liked that movie a lot. Uh, I thought Cusack was good. And, um even Elizabeth Banks, who I'm not the biggest fan of, I thought she yes. did great. Absolutely. Um, but Paul Dano, and I, I really, uh, if you want to see actors acting, like just great performances, Escape from Danamora, the Showtime uh, limited series, really great. I Him, seen Benicio that. Del Toro, and Patricia Arquette, so good. Okay, I'm going to add that to the list. Yeah, the, the other Paul Dano one that I really I, I enjoyed was Ruby Sparks. I don't think I've seen Ruby Sparks. It's it's interesting. I really like the concept. Um, you know, watch the trailer. It doesn't give too much away. I do um, enjoy some of the southern rap of Bubba Sparks. Um, are you are you familiar with the Bubba Sparks song Miss New Booty? No. Oh, it's it goes. Uh, oh yeah, Miss. Do you want me? To, can I play it for you real quick? Go ahead. You keep asking me, and I'm gonna find Miss New Booty. All right, Scarface. Oh, I mean that's that's a classic. I, I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna put Scarfa- a Scarface poster up on my dorm room wall. Well, you're not 21 <laughs> in college. <Yes. laughs> well, I but, mean, if you had Fight Club, then it would have to be there too. True, true. <laughs> um, but Scarface is classic, and just uh, you know, Pacino at the height of his powers, young Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, it, it's great, and it, it just brought so many gangster tropes. And oh, and that's Brian De Palma, right? Yep. Yeah, De pa- Oh, great De Palma uh, documentary you can find on Netflix. So good. I mean, just a guy with a visual style all his own. And you know what? He never did anything half-ass. So I've got some other really interesting. You know, there's there's obvious ones like. Star Wars, you know, some of those. Scarface doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Transformers the movie from 1986. Oh, wow. I mean, you know what? I'll, t- I'll can, can I be perfectly honest with you? Yeah, go I'm for more it. of a G.I. Joe guy. I love uh, all the G.I. Joe animation from that period. What That was my wheelhouse. But uh, Transformers the movie, I got I to gotta give uh, some love to the last appearance of... Uh, one uh, Orson Welles. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> All right, so I'll do three more here. Interstellar. Um, you know what? It had me, then it lost me. The whole bookcase thing, not feeling it, did not dig it. See, I, I enjoyed it, but I understand the complete paradox of it all. Yeah. And that's, that's what gets me, you know? <clears throat> all right, we've got... Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That makes me proud. Oh, yeah. Uh, Monty Python, classic. I got to meet Eric Idle 
Um, oh, wow. And and I, I was almost embarrassed to tell him that I did comedy as well because like, it's like talking <laughs> with someone who's on Mount Rushmore, you know. Uh, oh, here's a little Miss New Booty. All right, let's hear it. Get it right, get it right, get it tight, get it right. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. Well, thank you for uh, broadening my music horizons, too, because I'm pretty much just listening to metal most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like metal. Who do you, who's, uh, who are some of your favorite metal bands? Well, right now I'm on a big uh, The Architects kick. Oh, I don't, I don't think I know them. Uh, what, are, they, are they newer or are they uh, older? Uh, they're current. Okay. Uh, and they've got my my two favorite songs of theirs would be, um, uh, oh gosh, Doomsday. Okay. Which is if you just, you know, if you have Apple Music or Spotify. Sure. That's going to be at the top of the list. Gotcha. Um, it, it's, man, their their riffs and their breakdowns are, are fantastic. They've kind of got that melodic scream to them. Uh-huh. Uh, so Doomsday and Hereafter are, are my two two favorites. Gotcha. Um, do you uh, do you mess around with Tool at all? Um, I was sad to say that I can't even go to their concert when it comes because I'll be I'll I'll be doing an event for you know paying the bills that night. So right, right. I yeah, hear you. I'm very oh. very depressed. Ah. Do you, so if you like Bubba Sparks, are you a fan of just hip hop in general? Yeah, I, I enjoy hip hop, uh, and uh, I and I, B- Bubba Sparks. <laughs> um, I just remember. I don't even know why I, <laughs> I played that song for you, <laughs> but like I, uh, it, it just uh, it, it, like it's just it's from a period of time like. I guess late nineties, early two thousands, where I just like those references always tickle me. So, <laughs> well, have you heard of Hobo Johnson? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Hobo Johnson and the Love Makers. He's got a new album coming out. I think in a week. Okay. Um, I I love Tiny Desk concerts. Yes. And so anytime there's a new one, I always watch it. I don't care. I'll watch it just to see if it's a new band that I can fall in love with. And he was on there and just blew me away very odd the how the i don't know how he how he just forms his his vocals are it's really unique um huh. i just i just searched him I, i'm i'm going to take a look at his uh I, yeah his tiny desk concert just came up i'm going to take a look at it uh a little later yeah that and his cool. his new album coming out has uh, a a great song the first song on the album that's been released is called typical um and that one's just man it's it's top notch you said it's uh, it's called nicole uh typical typical gotcha yeah. so if, if you like that stuff i mean you may hate it my wife hates it but you know she she likes to listen to michael buble more than anything else so gotcha we're on different yeah. ends of the spectrum yeah my wife and i like our musical taste like there's it's a venn diagram there's some crossover but then there's uh yeah um she she likes i mean Everybody loves a little yacht rock. She loves it way more than. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we I, we have derailed off of Pee Wee's yes. big. <laughs> hey, big hey, Chris, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. What's your favorite movie? Uh, I always say, besides Star Wars, yes, because that's that's the love of my life. Uh, mm. It is actually there will be blood. Oh yeah. Uh, I. I 
back in you know when that came out there's there was one theater here in in, in phoenix where i'm at that mm-hmm. was independent only a tiny little thing five screens you know just it, tiny lobby no bigger than probably the old movie fight set you know mm-hmm. and so really small but but wow. just it was awesome and so saw that opening day for a show and I could not get it out of my head. And, and a movie like that has not affected me to where it's just been on my mind every day like that. Uh, that's, that's been the only one until this summer. Uh, and that was Midsommar. Oh yeah. And uh, so I, I like that movie a lot. That one is, is quickly ascending, um, high in my ranks. Um, that, and I don't know why arrival is just, mm-hmm. I, I loved that movie. Did anything by Denis Villeneuve is great. Yeah. Villeneuve is great, but yeah. Midsommar is just, uh, just such a, uh, like just a, a haunting film. Oh my, did you see the director's cut? No, I don't think so. I, so, I, yeah, it had it had its uh, traditional release, and then I think two weeks ago, um, there was a director's cut released, and it was only like one week. Theaters here in Arizona only had it for like two show times a day. Mm-hmm. It was three hours, you know, three twenty when you count trailers and stuff. Yeah, but really really helped the the flow it did not feel three hours it felt shorter than the original production did and the gosh it made Kristen look like an even bigger dick Mm -hmm. and and made the end it justified the end so much um so when it comes out on the 24th check it out yes absolutely but uh Dude, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to add about uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, I mean, I, th- th- I mean, the ending is great. Seeing his is li- seeing his life up there, uh, uh, by uh, portrayed by James Brolin, father of Josh Brolin, and uh, his love interest Dot Dotty, uh, portrayed by. Um, 80s ingenue Morgan Fairchild. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> pretty good. And oh, I, and I had a so th- this is just totally random and down the rabbit hole. But uh, so I was a kid in the 80s, and uh, Morgan Fairchild, she was like you know one of these blonde bombshells from TV, you know. And she, so she was had this little role in Pee Wee's Big Adventure at the end, uh, playing his love interest in the movie that got made about his life within the movie. And uh, I hadn't, you know, Morgan Fairchild had not been on my radar for decades. And then the, there's a sh- there's a really cool weird show on Amazon called uh, Too Old to Die Young. Uh, directed by uh, Nicholas Winding Refn from uh, Drive yep. and other movies. Uh, and uh, she popped up in Too Old to Die Young, wow. uh, oddly enough. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, a little, little Morgan Fairchild sighting <laughs> for you, Chris. <laughs> wow, that's, that's dating ourselves. <laughs> uh, a little bit, a little bit. 
Um, but uh, you know what? She's still around, and, and uh, she's still hot. She, you know what? She's uh, she's a nice looking lady, uh, <laughs> an old, nice looking older lady. There she's, you go. Uh, she's kept it together. <laughs> well, Hal Rudnick, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. If you haven't seen it, make sure you go check it out. I'm sure, you can find it anywhere. Um, hey, Chris. Yeah. Chris. <laughs> I'm a loner, a rebel. Wow. <laughs> See, I don't know if you're channeling Pee Wee or just telling me the truth. You, you know what? You never know, but uh, that is a line <laughs> that Pee Wee says to uh, his love interest in the movie, uh, Dottie. When uh, when she wants to, she wants him to settle down, and he turns and he says that very dramatically. And <laughs> oh man, yeah, I like to. Th- Pee Wee was a lone wolf. <laughs> uh, Chris, this was so, this is so great. Uh, I, I had so much fun talking about this movie, and you really you really got me thinking about what I love and what I love about the character. So uh, thank you for. Uh, just letting me run off at the mouth about uh, one of my favorite things. I appreciate it, Hal. Thank you so much. Oh, good man. Wow. Thank you so much, Hal, for coming on the show. Um, follow him and check out his stuff. It's all in the show notes at Hal Rudnick for Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has just been an absolute bla- uh, blast. Come back next week. We are having Dan Merle on the show. and We're going to be talking about one of his favorite movies as well. You can find me all across the board at Zimabimbim. And don't forget to be listening to Movie Zaggots and Nothing But Star Wars and coming soon, The Remakers. And I'm so excited about that. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you next week.